It's the Great Dante Read-Through. It's the Great Dante Read-Through, where we are reading through all of the comic strip, The Adventures of Nikolai Dante. Co-created by Robbie Morrison and Simon Fraser from the weekly science fiction anthology comic, 2000 AD. I'm Simon Fraser. And I'm Edie Nugent, freelance writer and Simon's wife. Join us as we swashbuckle our way through the Russian Empire of the future. Warning, there will be spoilers. We will be talking in depth about these comics, so if you haven't read them yet, listen at your own risk. To join our book club and read along with us, go to shop.2000ad.com to pick up the books in hard copy or digital. Today we're reading the second part of The Courtship of Jenna Makarov and Love and War, found in Prog's 1161 through Prog 2000 Special. Hi, Simon. Hey, Edie. Well, hello there, and uh, hello, Irregulars, and welcome to the Great Dante Read-Through. Today we are diving into the second part of The Courtship of Jenna Makarov and the one-shot Love and War. Okay, now I'd like to dispute that that's a one-shot at all. It's basically Love and War Coda. Um, it's not really a different story. It's the, the finish, the final payoff of, of the whole courtship saga. So, I mean, that has to be like... I know, Naughty Weekend by the Sea with Jenna Makarov, and fair enough, but it's really the same story. Was there like a reason it was split off? I don't know. Uh, I think because it was done for the 2000 special, mm. it was kind of jimmied into that space because they wanted to make a very big splash with that. With the 2000 special. With the 2000 special. special, so it was like, we thought, well, if we can put this story and pay it off there, make it a little, seem like a self-contained story, then it kind of makes it, gives it more import. I see. So the, and that was the 2000th Prague. No, it wasn't. No? It was not. It was the so year 2000 special. So it oh, took, it was when it took another couple of years see, before of we actually got to the Because real you court actually 2000. were getting to 2000 AD right. on the calendar. It, it a, yeah. So was, you had to do a special. It was a weird dodge. And of okay. course, then we got to the 2000 special, which is it's just confusing now. Anyway. Okay, there's another 2000 special? Well, there is the Prague 2000, which oh, is of I course, see. a special, but that's a couple <laughs> years later. Yeah, it made it's sense neat. to somebody. Listen, anytime you get like a filing system that started and is still in use 30 years later, you're going to have these abnormalities. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, that was the whole reason we had Y2K, right? So why should 2018 be exempt? This is British Comics Y2K. It moment. is. Um, Tharg 2K. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand you the book, dear. Okay, thank you. Okay. To peruse, so we last left Dante standing in St. Petersburg, surrounded by the corpses of the five Raven Corps that his lethal brother, Andreas, just killed to protect him. Mm -hmm. uh, Dante uh, wants Andreas to help him rescue his long-simmering love interest. Mm -hmm. Jenna Makarov, who has been kidnapped by a scary-looking, beefy knight, turned mercenary, called Hawksmoor, or as he's affectionately known, the Beast of Tunguska. Indeed. So... Andreas is like no-go, bro. Uh, Daddy Dimitri wants war, so we're not rescuing Jenna. 
to ensure that her father, the Tsar, who blames our house for her kidnapping, follows through on the war declaration. So this is this is the payoff for Andreas being played as a somewhat ambiguous character up to this point. We consider him to be an ally, um, but you're never quite sure. Um, and this is true of a couple of the, the, the siblings, is that we're never quite sure where their loyalties lie. Um, so this is where Andreas has to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, because it's Andreas, it's an interesting choice. Well, he sort of, uh, he, he has a little fun with Dante first. He, he, he tells Dante that the Romanov house is born to rule. It's going to be our empire or no empire, blah, blah, blah. Be on our side or you'll die a lonely thief in the gutter. I mean, I think he probably believes that. I'm sure he does believe that. Um, but he's just more interested in the, in having a little bit of fun on the way. So Well, I mean, remember at the end of the last episode, Andreas quoted Papa Demetrius saying, rescue him, rescue Dante mm-hmm. if possible, execute him and destroy the body if not. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, I do have a question about that. Yeah, sure. So if Dimitri says to Andreas, rescue him if possible, execute him and destroy the body if not, mm-hmm. I do not understand the execute him and destroy the body if not. Like... The so, crest. You can't have the crest lying around. Right, but like, but but if you can get close enough to him to execute him, mm-hmm. then you're close enough to rescue him. I don't understand. Um, I think he's just giving him maximum possible uh, leeway with the, the mission. So he's basically just like... It says, it's not important. Bring him Dan- home if you can, yeah, if you can't execute him. Okay. Really sure. what's important here is the weapons crest, I not see. Dante himself. I guess Dimitri, Dimitri is acknowledging that Dante may not want to leave... Without right. Jenna. Yes, so exactly. that that makes sense. So I think we, we drop a little subtle hint in the panel, was it panel four? Uh, Andreas starts to get a little bit of forehead crestiness, which is a bit like his dad. Oh, that's interesting. He yeah. gets a little like crease in the again, forehead. Again, like, and a little bit of the, the feeling of the technology, the, the nanotech sort of rumbling under his skin, which is what his dad does all the time because his father can't quite restrain it, whereas Andreas does restrain it. Fact, well, that's interesting. It's kind of like he's getting uh, he's getting a little of the the biomech coming through his forehead, right. like mm-hmm. Dimitri does. Yes. But it's kind of like where there'd be like a throbbing, angry vein right. in your forehead. It, it tends to emerge from to my mind when uh, emotional stress is there, mm-hmm. uh, because the crest is 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 inside the body and it's a contained thing, um, and it has its it has to a certain extent its own agenda. But and if you in, when it, times of emotional crisis, it will kind of leap to the fore like a stress response mm-hmm. and uh, it will be the a person who has a crest will become more um tuned more um capable of of decisive action more aggression more destruction so he's it's he's like primed. Bruce Banner starts to look a little green right. around the gills Bingo. it's, it's yeah. that okay. that was my idea for that and so that was your idea that wasn't in the script I don't think it was in the script. I don't okay. remember. Maybe it might have been in the script. But you feel like it was your idea, so maybe it wasn't. It's hard to tell the difference between Robbie and my ideas. We we discussed it so extensively at this point. Mm. It's like you know the they feel they feel like the 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 ideas of one creative force, which is of course the ideal. Right. Uh, well, that's what a lot of the best creative teams talk about yeah. is not knowing whose idea was what. Yeah. I remember Neil Gaiman and um, Terry Pratchett had mm-hmm. said that there were parts of Good Omens that they could clearly pick out as theirs because mm-hmm. they remembered writing it. They were proud of it, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like the majority of it, they just have no idea yeah. because they work together really well. Yeah. So it's, that's, it's that's great pretty neat. That's, I mean, that's one of the best things about this whole Do you whole miss thing. working with Robbie? It's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, it's nice. It was nice getting Robbie scripts. It's, it's yeah. a fun thing. Especially if it's something we discuss and I find you kind of, you, you have an expectation of getting this thing and you get it and it's like, oh yeah, 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 this is just as good or better than I expected. And that's, mm-hmm. always, that's always a gift. 
Yeah. It's it's fun when you get scripts from from someone you have a lot of respect for. Um, the same with Rob Williams, actually. I, Rob always gives me something slightly better than I expect. Um, and, you know, it's it's just, I mean, there's so many jobs. The Robs with, have done well by you. I know. I, I, I don't <laughs> think I'm going to work with anyone who's not called Robert. Henceforth. That's a requirement now. Mm. Well, in any event, um, you know, uh, with Andrea saying, like, you know, you got to come with me or else, you know, Dad's mm. giving me leave to kill you. Yeah. Dante says there's no way he's not going after Jenna, whether that ruins his daddy's war plans or not, mm -hmm. and that he'll see him in hell, a la Han Solo riding off into Frozen right. Hoth in yes. Empire Strikes Indeed. Back. Um, I always notice when he slips the Star Wars the callbacks in there. I always yeah. notice it. Um, Andre, Andres then asked Dante if he would throw away wealth and power and the chance to rule an empire on a woman. And Dante, of course, says yes. And there's this dark moment where Dante's neck is kind of exposed extra in the mm -hmm. drawing. You're like yeah, showing yeah, yeah. his collar and he's sort of tilting his Do head it. up like... Like, I'll take it, because, you know, we know Andreas is, like, Mr. Decapitation. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Andreas aims his blades at Dante's stomach, which, good thing, Dante thought to hold his hands up in mm -hmm. front of his stomach. And it uh, the blast hits his uh, shackles mm -hmm. that he's still wearing from having escaped the, mm -hmm. uh, the Imperial Floating yeah. Space Egg Palace, um, and frees him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he lights a cigar. And strolls off and says, ah. Because Andreas is yet another... James Coburn. Well, and he also kind of says, like, I would do that too. You're a man yeah. after my own heart, which yeah. I don't know if I believe, but I kind of like that Andreas sees at least part of himself that way. Yeah. I mean, he may be deceiving himself, but it's, it's charming. We'll take it. It's charming. Um, so meanwhile, back at the Tunguska Alienation Treehouse of Horrors. The ranch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Siberia, the beast is trying to serve Jenna some ugly looking meat. Gnawing on a rib cage. He's worried that she'll get too skinny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to feed her up. Yeah, oh, it's God. like the like the uh, witch in the cottage in Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Um, me, uh, he's still holding out hope that he can somehow turn this kidnapping into like a Stockholm syndrome love story, mm -hmm. and get Jenna to willingly marry him. Mm -hmm. And Jenna throws her plate in his face. So mm. yeah, that, that's that's working for you. Yeah, it doesn't seem likely. Um, no. He then reminds her that she once had feelings for him. And threatens to take what he wants by force. When she had feelings for him, this is when she was a child? I believe so, yes. When he talks about how she mm -hmm. was a child and he was a knight and he told her stories? Yeah, I don't think this guy spent an awful lot of time with women. I guess not. Or indeed human That is beings. some Game of Thrones-ish right there. Yeah, like, well, oh, yeah. you were 11, yeah. Sansa Stark, and you loved me, right? Like, what? <laughs> you were promised to me since, since puberty. Dude. What before? Um, uh, then it gets even grosser, if that's possible, um, and uh, the Beast tries to coerce her by saying if she doesn't find some romantic feelings for him fast, he'll turn her over to his men so they can pay her back for what her maniac father, the Tsar, has done to them. Lovely. Nice. Nice. Just, we're, we're, digging, we're digging him a hole here. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of the Tsar, back in St. Petersburg, that same maniac father, mm -hmm. uh, the Tsar, is rousing his armies to war from a balcony. Mm -hmm. With his other daughter, Julia, Count Pyre, mm -hmm. uh, you know, his main scarlet wraith at arms, uh, who's bearing a wicked face scar from mm -hmm. where Dante sliced him in their mm -hmm. last face-off. Mm -hmm. um, the scene looks very Hitler in World War II, down, yeah, to the, so. yeah, down to the thousands of troops in formation, yeah. flanked by banners, all raising one arm in the air in salute. Yeah. They have a fist, but... Except but it's, a, it's an imperial purple. Um, 
the ships are designed, uh, it, literally in my mind, it's like um, the Douglas Adams, they floated in the sky the way bricks don't. Um, that's how I, that's the design philosophy of the Tsar spaceships. They I love blunt it. objects that float in the sky even though they shouldn't. Um, they have no aerodynamic properties whatsoever. They move through the air with brute force alone, um, much like the Tsar does. You know, you make that good a Douglas Adams reference, and it just reminds me of why I married you. Well, thank you, baby. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, I am dead serious about that. <laughs> that is not hyperbole. Um, okay, so the Tsar tells Julia she should join the family in Balmoral. So that's still a royal retreat, mm -hmm. even in 2669. Mm -hmm. I hope we get to see that retreat sometime. I want to see what Balmoral looks like in the future. I imagine it probably looks exactly the same. Otherwise, mm. why bother? But yeah, mm. I don't know. But like so with some floating a... things around it or something. Um, so uh, Julia tries to reason with her father mm -hmm. and talk him out of war. And it's like, has she met this guy? Yeah. Like, I mean, the, presumably she must have some feelings or, or some some expectation of success with these entreaties. I mean, she, she he is her father. And presumably hasn't shot her down on everything she's asked for. So maybe she I mean, everything we've with... seen, but... Yeah. They have a relationship. I mean, I there's some kind of paternal relationship going on there. He does seem fond of her. So mm -hmm. presumably he has acquiesced to other demands of her in the past. Mm. We don't know. We don't know. Um, and, uh, oh, Pyre says something about wanting to, like, wear his scar until mm -hmm. he kills Dante yeah, yeah. in there. Um, he's lost a tooth, we see, as we close he's up a, on a him. a shapeshifter, so he doesn't really have to look that way. If he right, want to. if he doesn't want to, but he's going to bear it. He's got a mark of king or something. he's tough. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Tsar tells Julia, war, what is it good for? Absolutely everything. Yeah, well, you know. What's, good. When does Robbie ever turn away from the chance to make a pop <laughs> a song pun. <laughs> yes, it's good to know Edwin Starr still survives <laughs> in 2669. <laughs> Um, and then we get this wonderful splash page mm -hmm. where we see the city of St. Petersburg from above and we're looking down perspective through what looks like hundreds of flying uh, bricks, bricks mm -hmm. <laughs> airships mm -hmm. um, and the Bolshoi blimp. Yeah. Uh, and the streets are just filled with like phalanxes of troops. Just yeah. like, I mean, thousands, that, it's got to be tens of thousands yeah, down there. Uh, I bet it was. And it looks like it took a lot of work as well. Yeah, a lot of work. Yeah. Looks I mean, great, babe. It looks okay. It's fine. I mean, I, I would probably do more. Um, yeah. Because you kind of have to up the ante every time. But I was definitely, this is kind of like, this is a statement. I've got to do it. I've got to go of it here. It's good. Um, so Channel Bolshoi, mm -hmm. part of the news network of Jenna's fiance, I guess maybe ex-fiance now, Mikhail Daryabin, mm -hmm. uh, has Kurt Brockman reporting uh, on the extensive war preparations, and he mm. mentions that they'll have 24-hour war coverage and unedited highlights on a pay-per-view channel, mm. which is a great detail yeah. to my mind. And I wondered if this is just Robbie like taking pot shots at CNN. Oh, for sure. I mean, this whole thing's about um, yeah. Murdoch. Yeah. Thinly well, CNN video. isn't Murdoch, but... Well. Ted Turner, um, Ted Turner. Murdoch. But um, CNN was the first 24-hour news network in the media world. Media moguls so, controlling yeah. the world, controlling mm -hmm. the news. It's also referenced to Citizen Kane. Yeah. Oh, uh, sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, uh, so, right. Um, oh, and he, he mentioned something here that I wanted to point mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Um, uh, Mikhail says, what I've done uh, dwarves the media magnates of the past mm -hmm. and robbie writes it dwarves d-w-a-r-v-e-s oh. 
So that's not how you spell dwarves. It's dwarfs. <laughs> it's D-W-A-R-F-S. But I looked it up. Yeah. And it's dwarves popularized in J.R. Tolkien. So if you're talking about dwarves in a fantasy context, it's become common usage to use dwarves with a V. So okay. I mean, I think, I think at this time it. there probably has been some uh, linguistic drift. Yes. As there is all the time. I just thought it was interesting. I was like, well, did Robbie make a mistake or is he just a big old Tolkien fan? Like, could no. he either? No. I don't he, think he's a big Tolkien fan. I'm not. Mm. We never discussed I don't think we discussed it. Oh, wow. I mean, he's not really into fantasy stuff. Okay. So, yeah, I don't all think right. he's a Tolkien fan. Um, so, meanwhile, uh, Mikhail Daryabin is video chatting with his ally, who's mm -hmm. named Zubatov, who's wearing a dressing gown and a leopard print thong. Yeah. Um... And Zubatov assures Daryabin that he's sending a transport to bring Jenna and the Beast back from Siberia. Mm -hmm. And uh, Zubatov ends the call and returns to his bedchamber to continue sexing up his lady, mm -hmm. who's on a, a round bed. We mm -hmm. love the round beds yeah. in this Zubatov's universe. Zubatov's got a wife. He's got yes. Going on there. Um, he's, he's not just the lackey. He's not just the lackey in the leopard print thong. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he walks into the room only to discover the end of Dante's bioblades aiming straight for his thumb. Hmm. Uh, and then we cut to back at the Romanov Winter Palace. Uh, well, not back at the Romanov Point Winter Palace, we go there. crucial here. Is yes. The flag that we're seeing flying there is the Royal Romanov Palace. The crown. The first time we've seen that in this story. Other Deliver. than when... Uh, who was it that messed it up? Chris. Chris, Chris Weston. Weston, the I mean, sex Chris didn't West mess up. He didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, deliberately so. This is the first time the Royal Romanov crest has been seen because up to now, I mean, it is, it's a piece of treason to, to use it. So it was forbidden in my to, mind. To have the crown Yeah, on to, the, top. the crown on top of the double-headed eagle and the, the orb and scepter. I That's, love these little details. Oh yeah, it has the orb and scepter in its yeah. feet. Yeah, because they now, they now, now feel emboldened to uh, make their claim. Yeah. That's fabulous. Um, so Daddy Dimitri is simply delighted to be readying his troops for mm -hmm. war. He looks happier than we have ever seen him. Yep. Um, gleeful, mm -hmm. looking out the palace windows to see swarms of his battle cruisers and warships sailing through the air under his banners. Um, Andreas lies to him and says that Dante had already escaped by the time he got to the um, Imperial Palace. Mm -hmm. Um, and Dimitri tells him that they must have war at all costs. Mm -hmm. We can't have Dante rescuing Jenna and removing the motive for war. Mm -hmm. So he orders Constantine to get in touch with his mole among the ladies-in-waiting to the yeah. Tsar's younger daughter, Julia. Mm -hmm. Constantine secured that reluctant alliance uh, a couple episodes back. I believe that was in the Movable Feast. Yeah, um, uh, not Movable Feast. It was the one of the Tour of Duty stories. Oh, you're right. It was a tour of duty story. That You are 100% right about that. Um, uh, so, yeah, in our episode tour of duty, you can we covered that um, by threatening the family of Ingrid. That's mm -hmm. the, the that's lady right, in waiting. Yeah, Ingrid. And Ingrid, was, he threatened her after Dante love scammed her. Mm -hmm. yeah. So poor Ingrid is just getting it from all sides. Yeah, she can't win. It also kind of made me think, like, what was the point of that love scam anyway? Like, just threaten her family. Be done with it. What was this whole weird psychological uh, I, torture I, thing? I don't know. Anyway, I, I just because it's more effective. It's more interesting. Psychological warfare. Or I something. guess break I her know. down. I don't yeah. know. Uh, meanwhile, at uh, Bolshoi Studios um, on the outskirts of Saint Petersburg, the transport carrying the Beast, some of his Beast Boys, and the kidnapped Jenna has arrived. Yeah, this is garbage, by the way. This is a piece <laughs> of crap. Not happy with this panel. Not even slightly. That is I mean, it looks a little like um, <clears throat> like Jersey. 
Mm, I know. I mean, I'm probably where I was going for. But the dead terrible. factories are on the edge of Jersey. Terrible. You're not happy with it. No, no, no. Okay. Mm. Um, noted. Mm. Um, so uh, as they disembark, Dante carries out his possibly worst plan so far in the series, and She's that is saying, saying something. something. He poses as Zubatov, trying to take custody of Jenna for Dariabin, mm -hmm. while only wearing a hat as a disguise and standing in front of one of Jenna's giant do-you-trust-this-man naked Dante billboards. Yes. Like, he should have worn his gentleman thief get-up. That always works. <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, Zubatov wears thongs for his conference calls. This guy's unpredictable. He could be dressed up in a little... Dread Pirate Roberts, Black Mask. Anyway, missed opportunity. Again, the um, poster's peeling off. But which it had is like why would it? The peel poster off? is uh, behind him is peeling off just on the uh, just in the area where it would show oh, Dante's yeah. uh, manhood, shall mm. we say? Garbage lettering on this. I really. I know you have every. As I was reading through this, the would you trust this man lettering? I was like, Simon is going to have a fit. I'm so embarrassed about that. So, Oof. Anyway. Okay. So. Um, so Jenna barely gets to sarcastically applaud Dante's meager efforts to save her. And if you want to feel a little mm -hmm. bit better about your drawing, honey, let's look at Jenna sarcastically applauding because uh, that's great. Okay. You know exactly what's going on there. Yeah. And uh, Dante, he's our man. If he can't save us, no, no one can. can. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the most pathetic little clap, and like she she looks perfect there. I love that. I love that. Look well, that was her. the mean potatoes of the thing. For yes, the it was. The most important part um, of it. So, uh, so she barely gets to sarcastically applaud Dante's meager efforts to save her before the Beast Boys open fire. Mm -hmm. uh, Jenna legs it, and they shoot out the entire bottom of the billboard trying to kill Dante, who's yep. standing in front of mm -hmm. it, and succeed in bringing the billboard crashing down on top of all of them, mm -hmm. crushing them to death. Dante escapes. Have no fear, milady. The royal bodyguard is here. Right, because, you know, that was totally his plan. Not. Um, no fear, you nearly crushed me under a giant pornographic picture of yourself. I'm probably safer with Hawksmoor's cutthroat than I am with you. Yes, they have a lovely little back and forth argument about how crap this rescue was. Yeah. Um, even if it did, if it was effective, um, and Dante says he only takes risks when there's something worth gambling for. I'm fond of this though. The, 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 the silhouette, I don't normally do silhouettes, I always think they're kind of cheaty. But the two of them standing there where she's just going at him and she's like hair styling all over the place and she's pulling up her dress and he's just like backing off because he's not sure what to do next. In the midst of this argument. I'm, I'm fond of that. That's, That's cute. That, that makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, he says, uh, um, you know, he only takes such, such risks when there's something worth gambling for. And they make out. Yeah. They make out. And uh, Dante gets that soft Dante in love look. Yeah, the soft, soft Dante. I, I call it soft Dante, soft Dante. Because his face softens. Oh. And his little hair drifts in front of his eye. Because oh. he's, he's a... He's a romantic hero. He's a, he's a soothed Dante. Oh. Um, and uh, he tells Jenna that her fiancé, Dariabin, is the one responsible for her kidnapping. Mm -hmm. And just then, the Bolshoi media blimps fire on them. Mm -hmm. Or blimp fires on them. And demands Dante surrender. Mm-hmm. And just as Dante tells Jenna to run, the beast comes out of nowhere mm -hmm. and hits Dante in the back of the head with his formidable sword, the butt of his formidable you'd sword. Think you'd hear that powered armor coming. Yeah, it'd be like, Arch, <laughs> Arch. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, 
And uh, he threatens to cut off Dante's head and cut out his heart if Jenna doesn't submit mm-hmm. to him, the beast does. So Jenna hangs her head and says he can do what he wants with her, just don't hurt Dante. Mm-hmm. And the Bolshoi blimp throws a ladder down to the beast and he and Jenna climb onto it and are whisked away into the sky. Um, Dante manages to stand up and watch them board the blimp and then tells his crest to try and hack the gravitational system of the destroyed billboard. Which I don't get. I never got it. I didn't, I don't understand it then. I don't understand it now. Why does the billboard of an anti-grav system, why not just stick it on a post? Doesn't make any sense. Because it's the future. Future And and why have a post when you can float? True. Okay. Um, Sure. You know, I'm going to no prize that right here. I got it. So this is, yes, this is, no, why is the, why does the billboard have an anti-grav system when it's just like three feet above the ground? Mm. Um, Because the pole uh, billboard option is cheaper and this is Jenna's smear campaign and someone saw her coming a mile away and was like, you're a rich bitch. You should pay for the more expensive anti-grav deluxe deluxe billboards to shame your not lover. And she went, sure, of course, only the best for my revenge. Mm -hmm. And that's why. So there you go. I buy that. Yeah. Um, so back at the blimp, Dariabin explains why he had Jenna kidnapped to her, that he just couldn't allow the czar to compromise his media empire by forcing their marriage, thus forming like a permanent alliance mm. to the house of the czar. I'm just looking at this and I can see that Gary is still airbrushing this at this point. Mm. This is not computer colored. This you know, is so We're getting an overhead shot airbrush. of the inside uh, of his I headquarters like, in the blimp. Yeah, and it is, uh, I really like that spla- the sort of spatter effect he gets. I don't know how he does that with the airbrush, but it's something I kind of like. And I, I kind of maybe want to put that somewhere else. Mm. I like the texture. Just yeah. a little bit of a tooth there. It's not too perfect, mm-hmm. which is good. I don't, I don't like drawing things that are too perfect. I don't like airbrush tools. Yes. They're kind of boring. Um, and they make everything look like plastic. So I like the fact that it's got a little bit of tooth. Yeah, in. you're a big fan of textures. Textures. That's because yeah. I went to our college, and te- our college is all about textures. textures. Mm. I used to take pictures of textures for you that I found in the wild that you can yeah. use on Doctor mm. Who covers. I've been compiling a whole folder full of textures. I'd be like, ooh, that mold looks cool, and take picture of like Bingo. mold on a subway wall mm. and send it to you. <laughs> yep, I used that. I was uh, that become a, a, a time vortex effect in Doctor Listen. Who. Listen. I, I felt excited. It was like fun. I could kind of look at the world in a different way. Like, ooh, disgusting. Let me take a picture of it. We can use it. I mean, the subway is full of textures, yeah, let me well, tell you. The New York subway has uh, life forms growing it's a, there, which it's are a not texture. known to science. Yeah. It's a texture bonanza Actually, down true. there. Actually, true. There's been a study of, of New York bacteria. New York subway, subway. bacteria. Oh, yeah. And they, they realized some of them were actually unknown to science. Yeah, it's its own ecosystem. So. I mean, there are like stalactites. Are those the ones that hang stalactites? Yeah, yeah. there are stalactites there that have formed. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Um, so uh, so Dariabin figures the Romanovs, his grand plan is he figures the Romanovs and the Makarovs will destroy each other in the coming war. Mm-hmm. And he'll get great ratings and even more power and then put himself up as the next czar of the Russias, a.k.a. Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says how Jenna should be flattered, her family would go to war for her, and also that the Beast could have had any reward for aiding Dariabin in his plan to kidnap her, but he only asked for Jenna, so isn't that sweet? Shouldn't she feel good about herself? Hmm. And then Dariabin says he doesn't go in for romance, he just likes to watch. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Ew. He's so gross in all of these panels, you draw him yeah. so smarmy and gross, it's great. Yeah, um, I, I, in looking at it now, I'm looking at all these TV screens just surrounded by. It's like they're not. There's nothing on them. But I think in, if I was doing that again, I would put all those kinds of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But it's much harder to do then. Um, yeah. 
than it is now because now in I can 99 like, at now, this point. yeah because it's all done by hand so yeah. like if I was doing it now I could drop like little little TV programs or something right. in the background subtly so they don't conflict with the action it's difficult to, to make these kind of bright gaudy spectacle things and, and little screens in the background not conflict with the action so mm -hmm. I, I would do that now yeah There's lots of things I could do now yeah. Uh, Regrets, well, uh, just as we're totally grossed out by Derry Aubin, Robbie knows we're done with this asshat too, because yep. at that moment, here comes Dante. Would you trust this man? Hitching a ride on the Would You Trust This Man uh, yes. uh, naked Dante billboard yes. that has successfully, I guess, had its gravity field hacked by his weapons crest, yep. and it's flying through the air. Um uh, Dante clinging onto the side and the billboard slams into the Bolshoi blimp and the impact mm. takes out the front of the thing explosively. And I'm like, how did you know you weren't going to like kill Jenna? Like uh, this plan. How did you know not going to kill himself? This plan. Doesn't make any well, sense. Well, but he doesn't care about himself. You know, yeah. like. He's always going to find something to swing I, from. In this case, by magic. Well, means. yes. He backflips off the billboard, yeah. drags his bio blades through the side of the blimp, riding the split seam better than a rope swinging from a chandelier. Yeah. Kicks out. And genuine, Jenna is genuinely impressed. Here. Yeah. She's like, what the hell? Also, nice Dante butt shot. Yep. Very crot, nice. That's a crotch shot. Well, yeah. It's full on. I mean, you're not really in the crotch. You get a little bit of crotch. It's well, a sliver of crotch. some crotch there. But anyway, um, lots of, uh, of thews. Of the two of us, one of us likes men. Trust me, it's a butt shot. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> uh, I like men too, but just not that way. <laughs> um, don't tease me. Uh, so, meanwhile, Julia's royal floating carriage is on its way to Balmoral through the lovely bucolic countryside under Ravencore escort, mm -hmm. when suddenly it comes under heavy attack. Uh, Julia can't figure out how they were found, and her handmaiden Ingrid confesses through tears that she betrayed her mistress because they threatened her family. Yeah. And Julia then uh, exits the crashed carriage to find her Ravencore escort have been cut, have become a pile of burning corpses yep. and runs into Constantine, who swiftly executes her with a power blast. Yeah. No monologuing here. No, it's like real cut and dry. She sees him. He says, the horror of war, Lady Juliana. She says, Constantine. And then he says, don't you just love it? Bzzhoo! And, and then he walks like away maniac. laughing, yeah. leaving Ingrid to weep over Julia's body. Yeah. Very sad. Julia, can we take a moment for Julia? Seriously, another another uh, great female character, Fridged. Oof. Body count. Body count. It's piling up. It's piling up. Well, I do have I do have a dram here so that we can yeah. so oh. that we can toast Julia's death. Are we are we drinking Are we drinking every time we fridge a character? Uh yeah. Okay. Because we gotta we yeah. gotta at least mark the occasion. So there we go. This is the uh Glendronach mm. twelve. This is the end of the bottle. Mm -hmm. We're killing the, the bottle as excellent. we kill Julia. Uh if you're taking drink recommendations, Glendronach twelve year old is excellent. It's very good. The eighteen is actually really, really good. Nicely sherry whiskey. Ex quite expensive. Um but uh, I very warming it. as it goes down, doesn't burn if you're mm. like me and have a little acid yeah. reflux sometimes with scotch. This stuff is mm. is burns just the right amount. Yeah, um, it's so it's very whiskey, good. Whiskey that loves you. Yeah, it is a whiskey that loves you and warms you. Mm -hmm. it, it hugs you inside mm -hmm. of your... your I, think, uh, I think if whiskey was psychiatry, this would be a very good psychiatrist. <laughs> therapist. Psychiatrists therapist, tend to be cold and a little bit freaky. No, sorry. Therapists sorry. are the therapist, comforting sorry. ones. Yeah. a nice therapist. Mm -hmm. um, 
So back at the blimp, which is mm-hmm. still airborne somehow, yeah. uh, the beast kills Dariabin by running him through from behind as Jenna watches. Mm-hmm. And then the beast gets all wild-eyed and like hoists Dariabin's body up to Jenna <laughs> like and asks of, her... Like a bouquet of flowers. Yeah, yeah. Asks her if she <laughs> understands him. Yeah, I think you've made your point, dude. Yeah. And Jenna still turns him down flat. <laughs> like she thinks she, she she could probably die at this moment. I love and her, like, and she's like, "No, I'm not spending my final moments like entertaining your BS." Yes. Um, and the beast then grabs her, screaming about how she made him a beast, even though like I'm pretty sure that was your general bloodthirstiness mm. and the czar's promises, but like mm-hmm. who's counting? And says that he plans to make her understand how it feels to mm. be a beast. God. He pins her to a ground the ground in a manner that usually only means one thing. And on cue, here comes Dante with his boots swinging into the beast's face, Mm -hmm. uh, freeing Jenna. He tells her to escape on a chess horse from the cargo bay while he holds off the beast. And Jenna's like, why would you not just come with me? And Dante says he's got to fight for his honor. But like, honor be damned. Yeah. But whatever. He's upset because the beast made him beg for his life in the last episode. He's pissed. He's got a point to make. So, yes. Um... And he basically says some sweet stuff here. He says, you're the future ruler of our world. Don't you get, this is a callback. This whole page is a callback yeah. to, to right back to the beginning. Oh, yeah. When when they're in the... Um, in the submarine. When they're in the... Not the submarine. Yes, the submarine. No. It's the submarine in the, in the oh, alienation, it is in the the alienation submarine. zone. I was thinking it was when the, the crest thing, uh, the crest ship crashed. But no, it was in the... Yeah, the crest ship crashed. When he got, when he got, the, when he got the crest initially. Right. And then and they go in, down into the submarine. And they're they're hiding from yes. the, uh, the the twins. The twins. The twins. Right, yeah. The toxic twins. Yes. So he gives the bullshit speech. Alexander and Alexandra. And he gives her the speech. bullshit speech. Then and the things I say to get in ten women's pants. And, and now, he now says he's exactly, really saying it. This is exactly the same. It's the exactly scene. same words. It's exactly the same. Oh, that's so cool. So he says, "You're the future ruler of our world. You have to live. You have to stop this war. Yeah. Um, no matter what anyone says, I'm still just a thief." Live or die, I'm nothing. But in the time we've had together, Jenna Makarov, I've known honor, nobility, maybe even love. And she says Nikolai, and he says, just remember me sometimes. Maybe over-egging it a little bit. And he kisses her and tears running. It's sincere. Listen, you cannot over-egg a I'm about to die valiantly in a burning blimp scene. There's no such thing. Because that's a a subgenre unto itself. (laughs) Right? You've already reached 11. There's Mm -hmm. no further you can turn the dial, so why not go for it? I think we're probably at 12 or 13, (laughs) frankly. (laughs) Anyway, I I like that. I've been waiting for that scene because (laughs) I knew it was coming, and I was very happy to do it. So, yeah, it was good. You knew it was coming, that they were going to call this back? We've been... That 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 was was planned from the beginning. planted from way back. Yeah. Well, the drawings here are beautiful of the two of them close up looking at each other. Um, honestly, Simon, no one draws people's faces looking at each other the way you do, and it is gorgeous here. Mm, we should be really... have my happy place. Yeah. That's what I like to do. I know. I'm like, you should have been a romance comic artist. I should have been. That would have been great. Um, but you're... Unfortunately, there aren't any romance comics. Yeah, unfortunately, that genre kind of died. Yeah. should bring it back. I want to bring it back. Um, I need to to start writing some queer romance comics for you to draw. Do it. Um, so, right. So then, um, uh, let's see. I like how the the Beast of Tunguska has been sitting idly by. Yeah, he's just been, like, waiting for them to finish their, like, kissy face. And then let's just get on with the violence now. And (laughs) politely... Um, 
and uh, Dante and the Beast gnash their teeth at each other, mm. and their swords meet dramatically. Fuck. And that was the end of the episode, so it's like, Grr! and uh, Jenna escapes mm-hmm. on her flying chess horse and looks tearfully back at the blimp. Here, mm-hmm. you take this book, mm-hmm. my darling. Um, where Dante and the Beast are dramatically fighting in a very Empire Strikes Back Jedi sort of lighting yeah, happening here. Yeah, yeah. It's all burning. Everything's on fire. Yes. Um, so there's lots of action here, and I'm going to spring something on you right now, oh, Simon. Yeah? What's that? The next like three pages are just action. Yes. So I want you to describe what's going on. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, the Beast takes a swipe at uh, ja- uh, the, uh, Dante and removes some buttons from his jacket. Dante dodges under the arm, slices through the armor below the arm. Uh, backs, the Beast backswipes him with his hand, knocking him back, and then comes up from another punch because he's reeling against the wall. And uh, do you think you'll think you'll say your name when I take her? Blah blah blah. Another rape uh, that's threat. Did, yeah. Does he? Did, when I take Jenna, and is she going to call out your name? There. Yeah. Uh, so Dante lunges forward, stabs Hawksmoor through the arm, um, and then again stabs him through his faceplate, uh, which looks like it hurts a lot. Um, Hawksmoor is obviously not crippled because he manages to knee Dante in the guts with his powered armor. This armor is covered in like spikes, and it looks very uncomfortable and hard and unpleasant. And as a result, I think Dante is probably suffering quite a lot. I probably should have done more. More blood and more gore, frankly, because it looks that's really. Maybe Dante could have coughed up some blood. Yeah, there should be like some yeah. bruising or something on the face. Yeah, the from face some internal some injuries, scratches and something, um, abrasions. And then, and then Dante just goes for it with the two-handed um, uh, bio blade going right through Hawksmoor's middle. Yeah, he did the thing where you come up underneath someone and you use their own weight coming down mm. so to drive the blade, the blade through, impaling them. Takes more than you to kill the beast, Hawksmoor says, and pulls a gun, which is just cheating. Come on. Yes. And then what happens? Kaboom. The whole thing blows up. The the blimp explodes. Yep. Uh, what explodes the blimp? Does he like, it just blows up now. Okay. We don't, we're not obeying any rational. This is Because Dante a, didn't get shot, so he didn't, it wasn't from his shot going off that the blimp exploded. No. I don't think um, so, no. so the blimp was just like, I'm done. I should have blown up like yeah. I mean, this three is not pages how ago. blimps work, by the way, so yeah. we'll just ignore that. Um, so the blimp explodes, <laughs> and then what happens? And then the whole thing falls into the sea. And so do the Beast and, and Dante. Dante. Um, uh, and then Jenna flying above well, on her chess horse. I will I will pick it up from here. Okay. Right? The blimp cla- crashes, uh, finally crashes into mm-hmm. a body of water. Uh, we don't see what happens to the beast, though. I mean, he just sort of, like, goes down. We he's assume his, a lot of his mech armor would drown him, but... Let's yeah, drag him down. Um, but uh, we're assuming that. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been stabbed multiple times. That's so true. He has been stabbed multiple times. I think he's times. probably in trouble. Um, so uh, Jenna is circling the wreckage on her chess horse looking for Dante, and she only locates his jacket mm-hmm. and takes that with her. Hmm. And then that's the end. So, like, you had to wait for the next issue. Yeah. That's a that's a big wait. That was a, uh, that was a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, crap, is this over? And especially because 2000 AD is like, you know... It's serialized nature, I would think, adds a little more of an edge to a cliffhanger because you think maybe they're just going to cancel this series. Like, who knows? This could be the end. Um, yeah. I mean, the nice thing about 2080 is it is a weekly, so you never have to wait that long. Right. But the true. nice thing about 2080 is you get that weekly kick. You yeah. get this weekly thing where you get a cliffhanger at the end of the story and it gives you this kind of like, you know, it, 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 it's, there's energy the to The weekly that. serial. Yeah. It's, yes. you know, the... The classic example is like the the newspaper strip, like uh, Terry and the Pirates, or something like that, which always kind of give you this. It's like f- four or five panels. It starts off with an intro and then it ends on a cliffhanger. 
So this is, you get four or five, six pages sometimes. Yeah. And then you start with a little intro and then you end on a cliffhanger. It's a great, it's very energetic. Mm -hmm. It gives it great energy. Uh, Pulpy goodness. Pulpy damn goodness. And it uh, calls back to uh, Flash Gordon series, the old uh, Republic serials in the movies, uh, which you may have seen. King of the Rocket Men, Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, this stuff, which is great. Very entertaining, and you know you're never you're never complacent because they can't they don't let anything sit for long enough. Nobody's mm. sitting around talking too much, and there's not a lot of sitting around talking in Dante. Right. Uh, for this very reason, because it's a it's a pulp. It's a yeah. pulp that moves. It's got energy, and is always cliffhangers. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. Well, we all like it, or else why would we be here? Anyway. Um, so, love and war. Uh, okay. begins with Jenna explaining in a voiceover that she contacted her father to tell him that she escaped and then traveled to the Baltic coast and bought a fisherman's elevated shack on the beach to hole up in. She bought it with a jewel that she had secreted on her person. Those royals, they're always carrying like jewels in the hem of like mm. their underwear to like in an emergency. I find it interesting that she chose to rent this kind of weird fisherman's hut. She's sad. This is her emo stuff. This I is why her and Dante are a good pair is because they both emo out like mm. like hardcore. She's, she clearly wants to, to have some kind of like tragic suffering. Yeah. I mean, it's raining. It's like a, a windswept coast. The trees are bending in the wind. It's perfect to like mm. mourn your mourn your not lover. Well, yeah. um, mm-hmm. So we see her hunched over an old, what the heck do you call this stove? It's a stove. Just it's like a an iron, cast iron, iron stove. cast iron stove mm. uh, for warmth, wearing just her undies and a blanket. And Dante's jacket is next to her when who storms in the door? Dante! And his shirt is ripped to shreds and he's dripping wet and hopping Mm -hmm. mad that she didn't find him in the blimp wreckage. So he had to make it to her shack by himself. Now here's my question. How the heck did Dante know where she was? She flew her chess horse up the Baltic coast. What? Uh, Maybe he asked. Maybe he walked along and he asked people. It's like, did you see a flying chess horse lady? And they went, oh, she went that way. Okay. Because what? Listen, this is not the most interesting question. All right. Listen, it's just, it occurred to me. Okay. Okay. I think I'm I think asking the I think questions. What's important here is that he made the effort. He made the effort, and it was obviously a difficult thing to do. Yes, but he did it. He did it because he felt important to do that. And Jenna says she thought he was dead and slaps him for his insolence He's for yelling at her. He's obviously been like moving around, trudging around, or walking, working up the coast, or walking up the coast, or hitched a ride or something. But he's obviously pissed. He wants to see her, but he's pissed at her, which is how you know that he's in love with her. Because he really just wants to run, to go away and do something else and get drunk. But he really wants to see her again, but he's angry at her. So he really wants to see her to tell her how angry he is because so he wants her, her to understand. making he, him feel things? Yes. He's, he's, he's Some up, toxic male stuff here? He's just pissed off. He's, yeah. He feels like he's been hard done by and he feels that his emotions somehow, I don't know, he's entitled to... To offload on her, which is what it's he does. Toxic masculinity. Baby. Well, listen, yes, yeah. that's what that's um, what he's being toxic. Now. Yes, there you go. Um, so a little bit of dick lie, a little yeah. bit. We'll give it to him because he's been through so much. And then but she's like, "I thought you were dead." You she, I thought you were dead. Son of a. Um, and uh, so she slaps him. He slaps her back. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like as much of a slap back. Looks like a little like. I think it's kind of like meh. Meh. It's kind of a little. And then she slugs him. And then she full on <laughs> punches him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> like full on. Yep. Um, punches him in the face, and then we see the outside of the elevated shack shaking with the force Scrunch. of more punches Oof. and slaps ah, erg. as the two runch. crazy kids throw each other around and cause the elevated shack to crash to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. So inside the now ground floor shack, yes. 
Uh, we see Jenna draped across Dante's body. Both yes. of them are naked and snuggling now. Yes. And they joke Four. about their families not approving. Foreplay accomplished. Oh, I think it's afterplay. Oh, the foreplay being the shack falling down. The, the, Can I just say that yes. this reminds me so much of the this the um, episode I love in Buffy season six where mm -hmm. her and Spike fight each other and yeah. then they... Uh, roughly have sex until mm -hmm. the ho the ha abandoned house they're in falls right. down yeah, around yeah, them. Yeah. I'd, I'd never seen that at the point. I mean, I saw it afterwards and went, oh, that's familiar. So I don't know where it's it came. It's such a good scene. I don't know where that idea came from. I watched that scene like a lot. I like rewound it yeah. and watched it. Oh. That's one of my favorites. So yeah, so good. this was very welcome yeah. uh, for me. And, and right. The Buffy-Spike relationship is definitely very similar. To very daunting. Kind of like, this isn't a good idea, but hey. But Some whatever, sexy, um, <laughs> they're dysfunctionally lovely um, mm -hmm. together. So, um, so Jenna is draped across Dante. Mm -hmm. They're snuggling. They joke about the family's not approving. Mm -hmm. And then Jenna says she wants to marry Dante. She can see in him what she and the rest of the Empire see. Um, but like, let's not get it carried away here, Jenna. Could the rest of the Empire you're speaking for, but uh, even if he can't see in himself what she and the rest of the Empire maybe see, maybe a little bit loved up here. She is not, a little loved not very up. objective. And but says, hey, maybe nice. their union will have the added benefit of stopping the war. Mm -hmm. And Dante gets very emo and rolls away. Mm -hmm. And Jenna gets upset, scolding him for shutting down the moment she talks about commitment. Yes. Fair yeah. enough, Jenna. Yeah, emotional shutdown. Um, yeah, you're familiar with that, aren't you, son? I can't remember what you're about. <laughs> um, I, I would like to, this, this seems very important to me. Uh, because one, I think it's the first, there has been sex in 2008 before this point, mm -hmm. but I think this is the first time it's really been done, and correct me if I'm wrong, I may be wrong here, but it, first it's been done properly in context of an emotional relationship. Um, okay. The sex is important, um, I mean, obviously it's post-coital here, but they've obviously, having this discussion in context, of how, just having banged each other senseless, but the, the, there's, there's an emotional core to it, there's reasons for things happening, and there's... It's complicated. Right. It's, it's not, meaningful. It's meaningful. He's not just getting his end away. He no, 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 no. He can do that. He knows that's not what he wants. Yes. Um, and this is important to him. Well, I mean... Which is the, a, a big thing for him. I, I mean, I mentioned Dante being, you know, emotionally shut down here, uh, you know, jokingly, but... But this is very interesting psychologically because basically Dante then opens up and talks about his considerable trauma around women he loves, yeah. which is considerable. His mom, Ellie, they mm -hmm. both abandoned him in life or in death. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't also doesn't trust himself not to screw this up yeah. and to abandon Jenna when she needs him because he is still beating himself up over leaving Ellie. I mean, for, for Dante, the dead. easiest thing is just to walk away. Right. I mean, so he doesn't what, trust himself. He feels that, I, mean, I think even while this is going on, he feels, still feels that he probably should because he's in very much uncharted territory for Nicola yeah. Dante. Here. Well, I don't think he feels up to the task. He feels strong in some ways, but not strong in, you right. know, being responsible for someone else emotionally. That's certainly yeah. not in the cards for him. Not That's not something, something he's, he's learned. Done, yeah. Um, and uh, Jenna says that, but he didn't abandon her because like, look where they are now. He came mm. for her. Yeah. He chased her down. He told Andreas, no, I'm going to go for the woman I love. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they then, she throws herself on him and they start making out again. Mm -hmm. Beautiful shot of them being naked together and passionately kissing mm -hmm. before round two or three or four at this point of their lovemaking. Who knows? It looks like Dawn is coming outside. So I think they've been at it a while. Day four. <laughs> Day four. <laughs> At some point, they're going to have to hunt for One food. month later. Um, <laughs> There's a fishing shack, so presumably. Yeah, they can just eat some fish on the beach. Um, so, uh, so then later, mm -hmm. uh, Dante and Jenna make their way from the love shack. Oh, boy. 
I had to do it. I'm Thank sorry. You. I'm sorry. Back towards the town, only to see this caravan of peasants mm -hmm. abandoning the town with their possessions, like, piled high on carts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, walking and past the shack. That's the shack That's there. the shack so there, yeah. And Jenna approaches one of them and asks what's going on, and the peasant uh, driving his family in a cart uh, tells her that they are at war and that they're fleeing to find somewhere safe to live, if such a place even exists. Mm -hmm. And then he drops the bomb. Mm -hmm. He says, battle lines are being drawn all over the empire. The first shots have already been fired. The Romanovs attacked, killed the princess Juliana. Mm -hmm. And Jenna says, Julia. He and starts happened. to cry, realizes yeah. what's happened. Dante says, Jenna, I'm sorry, as she crumples to the ground, puts his hand on her back, and she says, don't touch me, Nikolai. Don't mm -hmm. touch me. Mm -hmm. And Dante reaches out still and says, don't do this, Jenna. Uh, let them kill each other. We don't have to be involved. We can get away together. Mm -hmm. Run away with me. Mm -hmm. Right? So now he's in the Ellie position. Yep. Run away with me. Yep. Run away from this family conflict. Yeah. And um, uh, she says, we can't run from who we are, Colia. Mm -hmm. And that to me is like this kind of a bit of a callback to the whole Ellie situation where they were like, we've become what we've hated. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, we're in the same position here. I mean, there's here. a lot of like destiny who chooses yep. their destiny and, and then these powerful people don't seem to get to do that right which is interesting and then uh we pull back and in the rain we see jenna walking away from dante as he reaches out for her mm -hmm. um and we have a quote here from albert camus 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 albert camus we used to wonder where the war lived what it was that made it so vile and now we realize that we know where it lives that it is inside ourselves. And Dante is getting rained on yeah. and sad and crying. Yeah. And doing that thing that men do when they're upset, reaching for the back of their neck. That's a, that's a Toshiro Mifun reference. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I had an ex-boyfriend that used to do that. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an anxiety thing. Yeah, it's yeah. A, if you see Toshiro Mifun in um, Seven Samurai, he does that quite a lot. And that is the end of the courtship of Jenna Makarov yeah, saga. Well. Didn't go well. So well, here we I go. Mean, kind of went Let well, me give you another drink of whiskey. No, have you. have a drink of whiskey, darling. We did it. We made it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so, what are your feelings after finishing that? How do you feel looking back on it? Um, well, I mean, obviously, on a technical level, I'd go through the, through the whole thing and <laughs> redraw it. Um, but. Um, I mean, there's some good bits in there. I'm very happy with the, the romance stuff and the, the interaction stuff, which is what I was really digging into. Um, I think it's it's the, the point. I mean, it's, people have said this to me that it's like there's a point to realize that Dante was was here to stay. It was a big deal, and I think that's where. I mean, we were building up to this. We knew this is what was happening from the from day one, and we just hoped that we would get enough time to do it, uh, because you know the, the the whole point of Dante was that it's a long build up. There's the character's not. Um, hundred percent from day one. It's not like we walk in seeing uh, Johnny Alpha being this, you know, super badass bounty hunter. Dante is kind of ill-formed at the start. He's not there. He doesn't have any superpowers. He's kind of a jerk. Um, and the trick was really getting enough of a head headway with it to to build him as a character, give him relationships that matter, uh, and then when you actually come to the war, it actually feels painful. So it should feel that way. You've got to, you have to create that pyramid. You have to build all the bottom bricks before you can get to the top. And it was important that we, we felt really strongly we could do that. We had no no proof whatsoever that we could do that. I mean, Robbie had done more than I had. So yeah, he he'd he'd done some more things. Shimura was that, 
but it still is like much much more ambitious and bigger project than Shimura. So the idea that we could get there and have the time and space to do it was great, thanks to John Tomlinson and Dave Bishop. Um, I'm very happy because at that point, that was it. Everything was working. Dante is, Dante is a complete thing now. Dante is the complete hero. He has depth. He has backstory. He has, he has an arc. He's developing. We can see where he's going, uh, but we can see the obstacles in the way are considerable. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of obstacles. They're not just physical obstacles. It doesn't, you can't shoot his way out of this. Um, he has difficult choices to make, and it, that's that was very, that was, that was very very ambitious. I think, yeah. At the time, um, I think two thousand eight, he doesn't didn't do that kind of thing. Um, so we were very we were kind of overreaching. And a lot of that was down to Robbie basically building this epic. Yeah, and I mean, absolutely, Robbie. With you to build Robbie, this epic, but Robbie he wanted to, to make he this, wanted to make an epic, and he knew the scale yeah. of it, and he knew it was going to be difficult to get done because the scale of it was so large for a six page a week story um and you know you can do that in uh, like 20 pages a month or something but six pages a week is challenging mm. um to make a big enough scale to it and that's the thing because it's got a very large scale there's a lot of characters a lot of moving parts um and it's important for it to be an epic for it to have all these moving parts and have all the scale and to have the emotional connection to it yeah um dante cares about people people care about him um and that's also important for you to have an epic. Yeah. Um, so we have to, 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 to establish the scale of the, the geography, but also the emotional scale of it. Right. Um, that's, that's the nature of epics. Well, we are closing the book on Dante for today, but we'll be back. Let's, let's talk about when we'll be back. I don't um, know. When will we be back? When will we be back? So um, we're, we're dropping this bomb on you at the yeah. end. It's not a bomb. Who Nobody cares yeah, that much. No. But um, at the end of the episode, mm. um, that we this is the end of season one. You have made it. If you have listened this far, welcome to the end of season one. We figured this was a great place to stop. Mm -hmm. We're about to go to war. Dante and Jenna consummated their relationship, and now it's sad. Um, I say stop, but it should be pause. Yeah, we're going to pause. I'm picking mean, up later. Yeah. Um, so we will be back. Um, we will be back in some months from now. We're mm -hmm. not entirely sure, but definitely before 2022. So, mm -hmm. you know, yep. we're talking like fall. At some yeah. point, we'll come back to you. So this will give you some time to recommend the podcast to some friends. Catch uh, up. They can catch up. They can read through mm -hmm. um, and, and hopefully join us for season two. Um, you know, our plan for this was to make this kind of an oral history of Dante, not mm -hmm. just of reading through it, but, um, what I've really wanted to do is interview everybody that worked on Dante. Mm -hmm. So everyone from Annie Parkhouse lettering on up to Robbie Morrison writing and John M. Burns drawing. Mm -hmm. So if I can even get two minutes, uh, with each person or more, I mean, we've got plenty of time here, how, however long they want to talk, but... Uh, even if we've only got a few minutes, I want to interview everyone who's worked on Dante, and that means editors too. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Gary, we'll have to get Gary somehow. Really? Yeah. Gary will talk to me for a few minutes. I know he will. <laughs> I'll convince him. It'll be fine. Um, you know, uh, so that's one of our plans is to have some interviews next season peppered in between the episodes we're reading through um, with, with creative folk. 
Um, and we wanted to open it up to our listeners. Um, you guys have been so great. Um, our listeners, as our regulars, to come through this with yeah. us. Thanks for the feedback and the support. The, the feedback, the support is just excellent when you tell us that this, uh, you know, is a highlight of your week and or has made you doing chores easier or something along those lines. It is really wonderful to know we're all doing this together. It's a wonderful thing, Simon, for me to be able to read through this with you. Um, it's lovely to read through with you. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very special to us. We are, we are recording this from our bedroom. <laughs> we are sitting on our bed right now. TMI, baby. Well, TMI. listen, it's, it's got the most soft things, you know, we've got like soft things hanging thing in my closet, big soft bed and curtains behind us. So yeah, this is our recording studio. Um, but yeah, it's personal. So thank you for coming along with us. And if you have any suggestions on what you'd like to see next season or in subsequent seasons as a part of this podcast, please uh, chime in and tell us um, on Twitter um, at PodTGDR. You can DM us. Um, you know, there's the Facebook community, the Great Dante Read Through on Facebook, the 2000 AD forums. There is the thread under news of uh, the Great Dante Read Through podcast. Yep. And um, in a few weeks, we are actually going to finally celebrate our long delayed honeymoon. Woohoo! Which is kind of funny. It's like we. Yay, Dante and Jenna finally like hooked up and they're broken up and we'll go on our honeymoon now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, oh no. <laughs> I don't want that to be an omen. <laughs> no. No. Um, so yeah, so we're we're going, we're gonna tour distilleries and have mm. a great old time. Mm -hmm. Um and and miss you folk. Mm. Um so yeah, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think of the podcast, Dante Comics, whatever is on your mind. I am Edie. And I'm Simon. And we will catch you next season. Next season. Bye.